welcome to That Tech Pod, where we discuss all things e-discovery, data privacy, cybersecurity, and tech innovations. I'm Laura Milstein, and I know a little bit about technology. And I'm Gabby Schulte, and I know next to nothing about technology. That's why each week we're talking to heavy hitters in the industry to help us break down these topics. This week, Gabby, who do we have in today? We're talking to a few people today. We have Andrew Millisitz, founder of the multi-million dollar IT consulting and services business, Atheris, as well as Ben Hankins, a leading expert in program acquisition management, and Joe Friend, growth strategist in product development, specializing in big data solutions and integrations. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. Here. Thank you. Thank you. So, Andrew, I actually want to start with you. Uh, for those of us who aren't super familiar with, um, you know, the industry, can you sort of generally tell us what Atheris does? Basically, because it seems like you offer a wide range of services. Well, I'll, I'll start, and I appreciate it. I'll start with the fact that although we offer a wide range of services, uh, you cannot be all things to all people. And we really like to say that if you have anything more than one page of a front cover of capability statement, then you really aren't great at those things. So there really are sort of five to six core areas that we focus on. Uh, that is uh, records and document management, um, uh, cloud uh, support, including migration, uh, application development, uh, cybersecurity, uh, litigation support services, and infrastructure support when it comes to sort of the IT uh, oper uh, operations and management support when it comes to infrastructure. Awesome. So how do the three of you manage this multi-tier, multi-million dollar tech company, given that there's so many different aspects from e-discovery to cybersecurity? Because, Andrew, you just mentioned a lot of those. And so I'm kind of wondering, you know, and, and any one of you can answer this, but how does that kind of work? Do you break down one person does one area, one does another? And, you know, it's it's a you guys offer such a wide range. Yeah, Lori, that's a good question. Um, you know, there, as you as you said at the beginning of the, uh, the podcast, is there's three of us, and we've and we are organized both to have corporate responsibilities and what I consider our business program management responsibilities that tie into the business areas of the company. So, for instance, Andrew manages the financial side of the house and all of the things related to the pricing and the running of the business that deal with banking and taxes and indirect rates, which are things related to government contracting. He also has an expertise in cybersecurity and technology. So those areas of the business he handles. Joe uh, runs our business development and um, our client and growth uh, initiatives, as you mentioned earlier. And he also has the expertise around litigation support and technology as well. So the litigation support part of our business and the technology part of our business he and uh, Andrew run together. Uh, I, I serve more in the operational role, like a CIO, kind of the day-to-day -day responsibilities. And I have responsibilities for the records management and document management portions of our business. So as you can see, we have the back office sort of corporate things. And then we also have the engagement business side of the house as well. Um, next, we want to uh, just kind of talk about growth a little bit. Um, so we know that you, you talked about being involved with um, the government and private sectors, but can you talk a little bit about how those two sort of differ? Um, are there any areas that are the same when we're talking about growth from, from the government side and the commercial side? And again, whoever wants to jump in for this, that'd be great. 
I think that, I mean, obviously there's a huge difference between commercial and government. I mean, government, we have a lot of uh, rules and regulations that we need to play by. Um, commercial, I'm not saying that there aren't any, you know, that there, it's not a regulated business. It clearly is. Obviously, ethics are important in every um, aspect of business. Unethical companies, you know, for a while they do tend to thrive, but after a while they go away. Within the federal government, it is highly regulated and there are a lot of rules and regulations. In fact, some of our vendors that we work with prefer to go through third parties such as us so that the government doesn't really get too engrossed into their business and begin to leverage a lot of the rules and regulations which are governed by what the government uh, has affectionately named the FAR or, or Federal Acqu Rules of Acquisition or Acquisition Rules. And it is a very long and lengthy document that most people probably don't truly understand. But what it does is it really level sets the playing field of what you can and cannot do. Um, and, it, you know, the government lives by it. It's quoted in every contract. It's quoted in every everything that we do, we, we do by the FAR. And the FAR is sort of the, the rule of thumb for government contracting. Not really so much in commercial. So within the federal, for within the federal space, business development looks a little bit different. Um, commercial, you know, you can, you know, do the typical take the client out, wine and dine them, make them like you, et cetera, you know, and, and you can, you can do a lot of things that, you know, uh, your competitors would do. And if you do them better, maybe they choose you over somebody else who does the same thing for you. With the federal government, that's really not a possibility because there's a lot of restrictions. So, you know, it really comes down to relationships, and uh, you know, on, on both commercial and federal, but the relationships are highly more governed um, than they are in government. So in government, it's really the person who makes the best impression, who can write the best proposal, who can do the best response and provide, you know, ultimately best value of pricing. Um, so it's a lot more work. It takes a lot longer. The upside in federal government is typically when you do all of this and you're awarded a contract, it's for five years at a minimum, you know, and it can then can be extended. Um, you know, we've had shorter contracts other than five years, but on average, it's a base year plus option years. And if the government likes you, they keep you, um, which is a wonderful thing. So you can count on that work for five years. So you can plan on that and um, build a good business around that commercial. Uh, you could be in today and out tomorrow. Um, you know, so there's no, you know, you can sign a contract, but, you know, these days people can get out of contracts pretty easily. Uh, also, though, there are other, you know, issues with commercial companies is, you know, um, we, we find that sometimes commercial companies um, can really play around with uh, payment schedules. Federal government, because they are regulated, um, they typically do not um, mess around with that. So if you have a federal contract, you can actually go to the bank and say, hey, this is good. And they look at the contract. If it's a valid contract, they can loan you money on that contract. Commercial rule, not so much. So there are a lot of differences, um, but the approach is still the same. You want to provide high level of value, high quality people, and a high quality uh, product. You just have to gauge it appropriately for, for your customer. 
Right. And I wanted to follow up a little bit on that. Um, you know, specifically about the government sector, you know, we recently saw uh, a transition of administration. So I wanted to know, you know, from not only a company's perspective, but maybe uh, more into the tech industry perspective, too, if you're working with government agencies, uh, how does that present? What challenges does that present? Um you know, changing in administrations or, or kind of, you know, obstacles or, you know, maybe on the other side opportunities does that kind of present, uh, for, for you? I, you know, it, it, it really, I mean, there, there are certain things which are sort of bread and butter, uh, staples of, uh, sort of the federal procurement landscape, no matter who, uh, is, is in office, um, or, or what administration or, 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 you know, whether it's, uh, you know, one party or the other that sort of has control of sort of the branches, uh, you know, when it comes to sort of service we provide, uh, you know, defense spending uh, will always, you know, in some shape or form, always sort of maintain uh, it, it's, its level spending. Um, so the defense agencies, including, um, you know, all the branches of the military, including also DOD and also related things such as the VA and there's Veteran Administration and Defense Health Agency, all these sort of things, which sort of play around those things. Uh, and oftentimes, even when a budget is not fully approved, the defense spending is actually a separate, it's a separate item. They'll, they'll go ahead and approve that even when we're sort of in what they call continual resolutions, which have nothing, uh, which are tied to the fact that we don't have an approved budget, but they'll still approve for a certain period of time uh, until a budget is approved spending at the old levels. But defense always gets approved for its full year, year to year. Um, what changes are the things that one administration may consider to be important to its constituents versus the other. Uh, so, uh, you know, for one, certain social programs or agencies such as, you know, sort of the civilian agencies may, their spending may go down because one party may say, well, I'm not as concerned about uh, you know, labor issues or this or that, whereas on the other side, that money may increase even more to defense. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so what we try to do is not so much chase an agency, so to speak, but more or less pursue opportunities that our capabilities can serve regardless of the agency. And when we look across the landscape of the federal government and you look at sort of the agencies and clients that we sort of service, it's across the board. Um, so we'll, we'll pursue opportunities that we have a past performance in, in the capability, the service offering or the technology versus the agency. Now the agency, it helps uh, and we'll sometimes pursue sort of, you know, sister or brother opportunities if we're at an agency that has, that we have past performance and relationships. But even if we have past performance and relationships and say, for example, we've sold, you know, servers to one agency and then another opportunity comes out in that agency. If we don't have the capability, it doesn't matter uh, what agency we have relationships in. Uh, it really comes down to the relationship and the capability being married to each other. Uh, or if not, we're doing what we call blind bids, which means you're, you're shooting an arrow in the dark, trying to figure out, can I, can I land something? And 
And then sometimes you end up, you know, chasing your tail, spending a lot of bid and proposal time in order to do that. So it really comes down to what is the direction of the federal government in general, staying ahead of it when it comes to technological advances, uh, compliance rules, uh, things that we have to do from a certification perspective that affect our industry, whether it's commercial or whether it's government, and making sure that uh, we stay ahead of those things at the company level, uh, that our team is staffed properly and certified and trained, that we expand our relationships in the vendor world uh, to stay ahead of those things. Uh, Because what happens a lot of times, it's interesting, is that government uh, in the past and even now, there is innovation that occurs in the government, which then becomes commercialized. Uh, back in the days of you know, AT&T and Bell Labs, uh, those were public-private partnerships, which then became... So there's a lot of things that we can do in the government that actually can sometimes become leading edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's other times that commercial leads. But there's a lot of things that come out of the government that then filter out into the commercial world. Um, but it really comes down to capabilities, um, us having the expertise uh, internally, uh, us understanding where things are going. uh, Because if we built a company uh, based upon what administration was there, uh, we wouldn't endure. I mean, we've been around since 2002 and, you know, the House and the Senate have changed hands and, 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 and the executive office has changed hands multiple times at different parties. Um, and our core capabilities have sort of stayed the same, but yet we've expanded upon those things. Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. Ethereus is an interesting company to me because you all have such a large global footprint and you have such a variety of clients from government to law firms to corporations. And you offer such a wide variety that you have to do, as you were saying, you have to kind of have that in-house expertise. You have to have those relationships with your clients and with your vendors and, and knowing so many different components. And that kind of leads me to to wonder, you know, when it comes to different things from cybersecurity to e-discovery and artificial intelligence and hosting platforms to processing and all of the things that your clients are going to come to you and ask you about. How do you stay up to date? What trends do you see coming? What kind of innovations are you seeing in those fields and in those industries? Because, you know, you guys are always so informed um, and seem to know all of those things and, and know before they even come out. So I don't know what secret you guys are hiding, but you guys are very, you know, in the forefront of things. So how do you do that? And what should we be looking out for? What are the new trends in in this area? Well, uh, largely within the federal government right now, the largest trend is obviously due to uh, COVID-19 is remote, remote capabilities, right? So can't go when, when March came around, and the government, um, you know, took the action to uh, reduce the federal um, employees' footprint, which also meant contractors as well. Um, our company was not as uh, we were affected, but not as affected as most. But the capability for most federal agencies to work remote was largely untested. Um, everybody had remote capability. Cloud is becoming more and more of a, you know, of a practice. 
and uh, and and an acceptable platform for agencies to uh, to move towards, right? But it's not a hundred percent. There's still a lot of a uh, lot of applications and a lot of data that um, is very reticent that will never be you know put probably in the cloud. Um, however, there's a lot more that is being put in the cloud. So at a minimum, you know, people are getting their email in the cloud. They either use a Google or an Outlook type of approach. So that's mostly in the cloud. So communications can occur. Conferencing can occur. But actual access to applications that they use on a daily basis for their job, a lot of those were impacted. So what we're seeing today is more of this, how do we not go through this again? And if my the majority of my workforce is no longer going to be resident in my office and have access, direct access to my network, how do I how do they do their work? And so the trend now is to figure out what do they need, how do they need it, and how can we serve it up to them? Um and how can we change, um, you know, our approach from a, you know, from an on-site worker to a teleworker? And so that is that is a challenge right now. That uh, you know, once this hit, we began to really formulate ideas around, you know, how do we how do we engage the sales force and the service now people and cloudable type of solutions. We already had a great relationship with AWS, Azure, and other, you know, other private cloud providers. And, you know, we've helped many companies get FedRAMP certified. We're, we're not a, an, an authorized, uh, what they call a authorized uh, person to a company to actually do the certification. But um, we we do uh, you know we do uh, consult with companies to uh, help them understand what what FedRAMP looks like, and that is the certification that is required for you to operate an environment and an application in the cloud. So a lot of the trends now are how do I move my applications so that my people need so that they can access them remotely. And I think that's going to be a trend for the next five five years, if not forever, is how can we continually refine that, secure that, and make that available. And to the point of, you know, maybe, you know, the on-prem data centers are very minimal, if at all, for a lot of agencies. Hmm. Yeah. And so... Before we let you go, um, we wanted to ask, is there anything else that, you know, we didn't, there's probably a lot we didn't touch on today, but if there was maybe one thing, one or two things that you would want to just add, um, either it comes to, uh, you know, focusing on Ethereum specifically, or, you know, the industry dealing with all of these sort of um, uh, multi-pronged areas, uh, what's something that you kind of just want to leave the conversation with, uh, for people at home? Um, and, and this is for anyone really. I think I can answer that. It's real simple. This stuff is hard. It's just really hard, right? You know, yeah. Growing a business, running a business, dealing with human beings, right? Um, being able to grow during a act of God, right? A pandemic, if that's how you want to look at it, a hundred year pandemic yeah. sort of thing 
all of these things are, are difficult to do. So, I mean, you've really got to have folks who are dedicated to what you're trying to do. You've got to have processes in place. You've got to have banking relationships. So you have to have do all the little things right without kind of losing sight of the strategic things as well. So you've got to, you got to do your blocking and tackling, but you also have to have foresight into where you're going. And that's not easy to do, right? That's why three, I think three quarters of all businesses that start fail, right? Right. So, um, yeah, I, it's just, I, I think people are in love with the idea of being entrepreneurs, but as my business partner, Andrew likes to say, not everybody is entrepreneurial, right? So it's just, <laughs> this is not an easy thing. And so, you know, I just want to leave, leave that to say, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the work that we do here. I think we could always do a better job, but I know what we're up against every day. And, and, and I think, we, I think we, we fight the good fight. So, Laura, we just had Andrew Miletus, Ben Hankins, and Joe Friend on from Atheris. Tell me your tech takeaways. Wow. Where to begin? These are three guys that really know their stuff and a company that I I mean, it's been around for so long that if they didn't, I would personally be concerned. But but I love it. I love all their different perspectives. I love not just the knowledge, but everything that they do. I mean, government is boring, you know, and (laughs) they kind of made it interesting. They did. Which is hard. (laughs) <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, when you think government, I'm always like, oh, wow, security, stable. You've got this contract for five years. But to get that contract and fill that contract beyond and then also to be dealing with the commercial side at the same time. That's a lot. That's a lot. Something that I really took away from the conversation was what Ben said about kind of, you know, starting a business and being a business owner. And it actually being a lot of hard work. And, you know, if you are dedicated to something, if you're passionate about something, that's one thing, but also you have to be prepared to put in, you know, a lot of, of hard hardship and labor there. And I think that's something to remember, you know, when when we're all thinking about this. Yeah. And I also like that it's clear that, you know, these three guys work together and are are so knowledgeable in their specific areas. I mean, you got Joe who just knows everything when it comes to the cybersecurity. You got Ben who's so focused in the government. You got Andrew who's just like everything cybersecurity and they still manage to, to get along and be friends. And to me, I mean, how many people can say they genuinely like who they work with and to build a company with each other? I mean... I think these guys are great. Well, Laura, I think that wraps up today's episode. Where can people find us if they want to learn more about that tech pod and who we're talking to? Why'd you say if? You mean when. When they want to know more about that tech pod, they can check us out on LinkedIn. That's right. Hit us up on LinkedIn at that tech pod or check out our website at www.thattechpod.com. Send us an email at thattechpod at gmail.com. Ask us to be on our show. Tell us people that you want on our show. Ask us questions. if there's some, if there is a specific topic that you want us to discuss on that tech pod, please shoot us an email, ping us, write us on LinkedIn, get in contact. We're open with to us. it. We are open to it and might do it. Maybe. Maybe. Also, if you want a uh, really quick and easy way to help us out. If you go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star rating and review, um, it takes 
minutes or seconds, really, depending on how fast you type. And uh, it's just a great way to help us out. It helps the algorithm uh, in Apple Podcasts. So we pop up when people uh, are searching for tech tech podcasts. So that is uh, a huge way and it goes a long way. And it just, you know, it only takes a couple, maybe 60 seconds might be the quickest you can do it. Yeah, and if you currently work for Apple Podcasts and you want to be on our show in order to walk people through this process, please come on. And if you are one of those people who needs to be walked through, we are concerned for you. Keep listening for more tips on That Tech Pod.